You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. Where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital entrepreneurs. EntrepreneurIgnited.com. Launch your online business. Live your dreams. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast designed to skip the hype, skip all the BS, and bring you real actionable tips and strategies to help you grow your digital business online. This is your host, Derek Gale, and today we're going to be diving deep into a topic that I'm constantly getting questions about, and that's viral marketing. And uh, today's guest is really a, a master in this space. Uh, you know, some of his, some of the things he's done have just been incredible. You know, a single post that generated 5 million impressions on Reddit. Uh, you know, he launched an e-commerce store that generated 156,000 page views in the first 24 hours, a software project that pulled 11,000 page views, 563 email signups in the first... 30 minutes. And I mean, these are just a few of his accomplishments. And uh, today we're going to pick his brain, figure out how this whole viral thing works, how he's created so much success with that. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome the founder and creator of ghostinfluence.com, Brian Switchcow to the show. Brian, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so thanks so much for having me on and for the epic introduction that I will now spend the rest of the interview trying to live up to. Awesome, good. I'm glad so we, we, we set the we've set the bar high. Uh, now, I mean, let's just start right at the beginning. You know, give us your story. I mean, you're a young guy. You've done incredible things uh, in the in sort of that viral space. You have an awesome story. Uh, walk us through it. Um, my story uh, has many parts that are kind of uh, disjointed and disconnected, and it wasn't until probably the last few years that I myself realized that they were actually connected. Um, but very summarized, uh, I was kind of an awkward kid and uh, very much a thinker and was trying to figure out why my mom, my dad, my sister, and everybody around me seemed really good at this whole making friends thing, and I wasn't. Uh, so I became very obsessed with communication design and understanding how people engage with each other. Uh, so naturally in school did uh, creative, I did uh, graphic design, video production, photography, um, never really touched marketing, but kind of found myself at the end of college uh, needing a job um, that paid more than the job that I had as I graduated uh, and started a marketing agency. Didn't really know that's what it was or what I was doing at the time, but got into it, got some clients, um, ended up uh, a few years down the road uh, killing that agency uh, because I was uh, less than happy working with the people that I was working with and decided that I thought I could do what they did better than they did it. Um, it's very kind of spiteful. <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, you have a personal brand, watch this. Uh, and previously had been very nervous to, to speak my voice, get in front of a camera, write, anything like that. Uh, so it was probably only because of that spite that I was actually able to do it. And uh, started a blog and made a commitment for the first 30 days. I was like, I'm just going to create content. I'm not going to try and pitch anything. I'm not going to create a program. I'm not going to develop a funnel. I'm just going to build relationships because everything that I've seen, that's how it starts. Um, you know, I'm not going to try and jump the gun. I just want to kind of pull back and show people like, Hey, I'm here to help. And in that I created, uh, my, my USP. I was like, what makes me different? And I love stories and kind of carrying people through the experience that, that I've, uh, myself lived or heard from somebody else and realized that I don't remember any bullet points from any article I have ever read. Um, but I do remember stories. 
And I remember all of the stories that I was told by professors in college and friends and whatever, and, I, and, the, and the lessons that came from them. So I decided I was going to write articles that were stories that taught one lesson. And uh, the first one that came to mind was uh, about six months prior, I had pranked my roommate with targeted Facebook advertising. Um, not because I was planning on starting a blog, but legitimately because I just wanted to screw with him. Um, and it was purely out of fun. And uh, as I'm like coming up with this blog, I'm like, well, shit, I got to tell that story. And I wrote that story. There's kind of a, a story in how I wrote that. It was just a process and kind of like feeling comfortable with my own voice. Um, and prepped the blog, prepped everything, kind of uh, structured the the brand to be very passive. I didn't want people to think that I was selling anything because the sole purpose of it was to drop it on Reddit. And uh, I dropped it on Reddit, had a half a million people hit my site within 72 hours, a site that I'd launched two hours prior. Um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, three days, 72 hours. And um, then it just kind of cascaded from there and I started getting press features and people were calling me saying, I want to work with you because I saw that you screwed with your roommate with Facebook ads, so clearly <laughs> smart. And I'm like, I don't know how you get to that logic, but okay, <laughs> if you want to give me money. And, and it just kind of, for probably a year and a half after that, it just really shattered my reality of what effective marketing could be. I mean, I knew how to do normal Facebook ads. I knew how to do normal sales and sales funnels, all the, the this traditional things that we know work. Um, but this thing where I, you know, 15 hours of my time making a site, writing an article and spending $2 on advertising. And, you know, I'm like known for years. And you were just talking about how you remembered reading the article two years ago. And it blows my mind that the, uh, the mental real estate is reserved in people's minds. And I was like, I just want to do stuff that does that. I want to mm -hmm. bump into someone five years from now, have them tell me this funny story. Oh, this one time I saw this video online and then just like, yeah, I, I, I made that. Um, you know, it's like the, the fame where no one knows you have it. And I just, I think that's super cool. And I love building projects that stick with people. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I mean, you've now parlayed that obviously into, in, into a business and you've gone far deeper than just pranking your roommate and gotten into the science and psychology of that. Now, as far as, and we're going to dig into that now, as far as that initial story goes, that is still published on your blog, correct? It is. Uh, there's a shortcut if you go to ghostinfluence.com forward slash prank. Prank. Okay. And, and I would just recommend that our listeners go and, and read that because I think it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a good example of what a story is. And because uh, I think when some people think in terms of story, they're thinking like, what, a book? You know, what did <laughs> you write? And I mean, realistically, it, it was a very easy, short read. And, uh, and it was, I mean, it was funny. And, uh, I, you know, I would encourage everybody to read, go check it out because it is an incredible, it's really a funny story. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. And, and, you know, the best part was, is I actually, <laughs> I actually learned a, a little trick there for your, for the Facebook targeting for those one-to-ones by having 19 women and, you know, segmenting. It was brilliant. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's freaking great. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny though, because when I read that article, um, I mean, what you were talking about there, and I'm sort of going off on a tangent here, what you were talking about there was uh, was definitely related to Facebook advertising and, you know, targeting your roommate specifically. Um, but, you know, it's funny when I read that you said you were surprised at how people would call you up and say, hey, you must be smart. I want to work with you, right? Um, because they read this article, how you pranked your roommate. When I read that, that was my, that was my reaction as well. I'm like, Hey, this guy, <laughs> it, honestly, I'm like, this guy's bright, you know? And I mean, realistically targeting a single person, stuff like that, not 
all that difficult to do, but the fact that you, you know, you unraveled it and stuff. I, honestly, when I read it, I'm like, yeah, that, this guy's bright. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to learn more about w- what he's doing. Right. So, um, that's really powerful. And, and, uh, so let's, let's dig in a little bit here now and talk about, um, I, I mean, ghost influence. That's, that's kind of your brand, right? It is. Now w- define it though. I mean, obviously it's, it's got a meaning when you say ghost influence, what are you talking about? So it, I own a lot of domains because uh, I have the unfortunate challenge of having the GoDaddy app on my phone, and usually <laughs> after a drink or two, it comes out. Um, so, so I have a lot of domains. The Ghost Influence domain is actually probably one of the only ones that I actually don't remember buying, um, which I, I say that because it was, you know, you, you, a lot of times you struggle so hard to come up with a domain that's truly, or a, a name that's truly representative of what you're doing. And I, that was so natural that I actually went, I, for whatever reason, I went to buy it again and I was like, shit, it's taken. And then realized that I owned it. Like I didn't even remember buying it. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that just sounded like something told me that sounds like a good name. And I totally forgot that I bought it. Um, and it, I don't think alcohol was involved. I really just don't remember the experience of <laughs> Um, but it, it's intended, it's not, you know, it sounds, it can sound, um, very nefarious. Uh, it's not intended to, it's more that, um, most parents will tell their children what they need to do. Uh, it is very much a directive of, I'm your parents, you have to do this because I'm your parent, you have to listen to me or there will be consequences. Um, marketing oftentimes is very much the same, um, and influencer marketing, any, any kind of marketing, it's, it's often, you know, on the nose, right? It's just very straightforward of if you have this problem, then you need the solution. Yeah. And that's not bad. It's very communicative and it tells people what they can expect, but the problem is, is that they know where it comes from. And so if they try and challenge that notion, uh, you know, just as I challenged my parents many times and when I was a kid and still now, um, you know, I, I know where it's coming from. And if they try and pull the, you know, I'm your parents and you live under my roof card, well, I don't live under their roof. So I can, you know, object to that. Um, and when you're, when you're doing marketing and you kind of sell someone that notion, you're like, well, that's coming from you. I can object to that. They see where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, ghost influence is really just this notion of providing subtle prompts to the people that you're trying to speak to and allowing them to make their own decision, really just giving them the space to do that themselves and feel like it's theirs, feel like it's something that they discovered and then feel like it's something that they chose and, and have it actually be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when they do purchase, the people who purchase are going to be the right people and those are going to be the people who talk about you. And so just kind of in, in some sense really providing a catalyst environment for people to make those purchases and become raving fans and not try and force you know immediate, we have to get our sales goal this month numbers because if you're so focused on that immediate outcome, then you can't stop and say, well, forget the immediate outcome. Let's focus on the 60-day outcome, which is not too far off in the distance, mm-hmm. and really focus on that. And by focusing on that, you help the company as a whole. I mean, I, after doing that prank, which is essentially what it was after publishing at least, um, I, I still get consulting offers from that over two years later. <laughs> and it still boggles my mind. Yeah. And I'm like, well... All I need to do is do one cool thing a year and I will never have to look for consulting work. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, now can you give an example of applying this, like a a specific, I don't know, business company where this has been applied so that people can sort of apply it to something real? Yeah. um, Do you want a personal brand or a uh, larger brand? Whatever you think is the 
you know, the best representation, easiest to understand. All right. I'll, I'll start with personal brand and then I'll extrapolate on how I used it. Um, I had this idea of hacking Facebook ads um, and I actually wrote about it and you read the full story, but I'll summarize, but it's uh, forward slash uh, Facebook hyphen ads, ads hyphen hack. Um, and so basically the notion was I want to become an expert in my field. I want to define what that field is um, and I want to do it as quickly as possible. And the thing about Reddit marketing is that people really don't talk about it. Reddit, um, uh, oftentimes if they hear Reddit and marketing in the same sentence, they kind of object. And I've had many conversations with communities in Hale Corporate and Conspiracy who are like, ah, this guy's evil. And then I talk to them and say like, well, actually, I'm just showing, you know, who you are and saying, let's make cool shit for these people and let them decide. And they're like, oh, that, that actually sounds kind of awesome because then people won't be spamming us. They'll be making cool shit for us. I'm like, exactly. So um, my notion was I wanted to be uh, the guy for Reddit marketing. And I kind of already had a little bit of a basis behind that. And I wanted to expand on it. So what I did is I created an ads campaign. Now, instead of driving people to say, I am the expert in Reddit marketing, which I mean, I could have done and by default been because nobody else was saying that they do anything with Reddit marketing. There are a few articles, but it's kind of a very dry um, environment for, for training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did is I, I went the ghost influence approach of how can I do this passively? And the campaign that I created was not bidding for clicks. It was not bidding for engagement. It was actually bidding for reach, daily unique reach. I wanted to show my ads to as many people in the audience as possible, as many times as possible. I didn't care if they clicked. I didn't care if they engaged. I just wanted them to see it. And all of the ads that I created were very passive. So um, you know, every publisher's daydream and, you know, like very, very passive language, not making declarations, not making bold claims, not using bold colors, very quiet colors in the ad images and just trying to be blending into the background. And every single ad was very different from a stylistic approach. Some were stock photos that had been edited, some were illustrations, some were photos, some were snapshots. Um, but they all had one thing in common, which is the Reddit logo was somewhere in the image mm-hmm. uh, in some form or fashion. And the word Reddit was in the title of the link. And the other thing, which is very important, is that of the about 10 different posts that I had, um, they were all different. So uh, maybe half of them actually led to my domain. And even of those that led to my domain, a lot were leading to my podcast, which is visually very different than my blog. The other half were press and articles. It was I had a webinar that I had done on someone else's domain. I had an article that I was featured in as like a pundit. Like I just, you know, gave a quote for the article two paragraphs in another one where I was interviewed. Um, I had a few podcasts where I was interviewed. So the goal was I wanted to have as many different types of content, you know, audio, video, screen share articles. And I wanted to be in as many different places as possible. So, you know, articles, YouTube, so on and so forth. And basically with that campaign, I had very quiet ads that were leading to a lot of different places, bidding on daily unique reach. I just wanted people to see Reddit, Reddit marketing in the back of their mind again and again and again. And I, I hit a very small audience, which is I think about 120,000, 150, something like that. Mm-hmm. And after 30 days, people had been seeing these again and again and again. And I started to have influencers, people were actually tagging me in the posts of other influencers who were influencers in Facebook marketing and copywriting, And they would post in public or private channels and say, I keep hearing a lot about Reddit marketing. Like, this is a big thing. Like, what do you guys think about this? And then like three of their audience members would tag me and say, you've got to talk to this guy. 
And so for $470 and in within 30 days, I became the de facto Reddit marketing expert. And it wasn't by telling people, it was by leading people like, look, like here, here is an environment that you should check out. It's worthwhile as a marketing channel. I'm speaking to Facebook marketers. So I know that they're looking for new avenues to promote. And I provided them information. I provided them value. And when they went looking for more value, they found that most of it is on my site. Um, there are a few like top level kind of basic things on Reddit marketing, but most of the detailed stuff is that I found at least is on my site. And people started coming to me. I didn't tell them to. I just provided that environment. So uh, expanding on that a little bit further, um, I was working with a client uh, a bit later who had a publishing company. And the CEO, uh, it was his third company, a uh, young guy, super smart. And he told me that uh, because of a prior business that he had kind of in the concert uh, space, his his address book is very colorful. Um, it has a lot of A-list celebrities and investors and some some powerful kind of, you know, players in a lot of different markets. And he had launched his company and he was, you know, progressively slowly telling them like, hey, like, check this out. You know, it's really cool. But, you know, keep in mind, like going to your A-list celebrity friend and saying, can you do something for me is typically frowned upon. And it's typically how you lose A-list celebrity friends. Mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing is I had him export his LinkedIn contacts and his address book and made a Facebook audience and ran the same campaign to his contacts. And what I was targeting them with was all of the best content from the publication within its first month which also had, you know, a thousand likes on it because I was also doing engagement campaigns. And within a week, his phone was ringing off the hook. He's getting text messages, phone calls, emails, all these people who are like, I keep seeing this everywhere. Congratulations on the new project. This is so awesome. I got to share this. And so he didn't, you know, they didn't know that they were being targeted. They didn't know why. They just saw it in their feed and they thought it was awesome and realized what it was and, and wanted to champion it. So really just understanding from your audience's experience, what they're seeing in their Facebook feed, what mindset they're in when they're sitting there, and how to hit them not once and get them to convert, but how to really have, like, I mean, think 30 days out. Think of the experience that someone's going to go through over the course of your campaign. Mm -hmm. Are they going to get progressively more annoyed, or are they going to get progressively, you know, prompted? And, and I'm testing something right now. It's actually a very slow scale up over the course of 45 days. And I'm not actually pitching anyone until the 45th day. I'm kind of like priming them and priming them and priming them before I'm like, would you like to go on a date? You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting until the end. Cause I, and I actually had it in the first campaign. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull that out. And I, I used very kind of dull colors on a lot of the, um, a lot of the placements until that last one where I'm like, you should, you should jump in here. And it's a very bold color. Right. So, uh, okay. So now I, I am a, I don't want to say old school. It makes me feel old. But I'm a pretty, you know, I, I've been in the internet marketing space since, you know, 97. Um, and I don't want to, I don't even want to ask how old you were in 97 because it's going to make me feel old. Um, but, but the, here's the, how do you measure ROI? And because I'm an old school direct response marketer, I've been doing this for a very long time and, and I get the, you know, that whole side of it. And so I, I'm writing down numbers here and I'm thinking, okay, so we go out there and we spend this money and the phone's ringing, but how are you able to track and measure response or are you? So it's kind of a, a loaded question and, mm -hmm. and the way that I usually explain it um, is how do you measure the ROI of dating? You know, you you put up uh, let's let's go with the the millennial equivalent. You you know get on Tinder or some app and you create a profile and you're swiping and you're trying to find a match. And if you get a match, you're like, ooh, I have a result. Yeah. And then you try and convert that match into a date and you're like, ooh, I have a result. And then you go on the date and maybe you get a second date and you have a better result. 
maybe that person isn't interested and they just kind of fall off and you find out, well, they love cats and I can't be with someone who loves cats. But I didn't know that until I met someone who has cats. Mm-hmm. So now I know that. And you have a result. You just learned something about, you know, the target audience that you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. The more results you have, the closer you get to that end result, which is potentially, you know, marriage and move in and have kids and puppies and whatever that, you know, is for you. Yeah. The difference between dating and marketing is that in marketing, you can have multiple marriages. You can have multiple lifelong partners. And I wrote an article a ways ago um, with the metaphor that I, I've referenced a few times, but um, the internet is the bar, your website is your house, your email list is your is your bedroom, and customer acquisition is, you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> and if you take someone from the bar to your bedroom and you skip over all the steps, you can't really expect them to be there in the morning because, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of a mutual like, hey, we're both going into this as like a transactional thing. But if you do carry someone through, it's like, hey, like, I want you to be around. And those people will buy anything that you sell. They'll buy it just because you made it. And so the ROI can, in some senses, be measured in terms of engagement and conversations and leads. Mm-hmm. I typically don't. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I have those metrics and I look at them to be educated, but I don't rely on them and I don't make decisions on them individually in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. I make decisions based on how everything feels together. Um, and that definitely doesn't jive with a lot of clients, uh, which is why I I tend to say that upfront. It's like, look, like, here's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, we're shooting long term. Like, I don't want to give you something that's going to have a, you know, mild success. Now I want you to have something that you're going to get results from for years. And it, it really is kind of, it is very different than a traditional approach. Um, and it, from a traditional perspective, does not make sense. Um, but, you know, in the context of how we as human beings build relationships, you know, we don't measure the ROI of new relationships. You know, we don't go to a, you know, a bar and come back and be like, well, that girl is definitely, you know, going to be my wife and I have a conversion. So now I need to move on or like, like we just don't operate that way. So, um, really having, you know, use analytics and, and, and tracking as uh, a piece of education and information, but not something that you should rely on for life and death. Right, right. Well, and, and and back to your point, I can see a lot of companies and a lot of entrepreneurs having not having the patience or the the confidence uh, in that because there isn't a direct, you know, this click converted to this, right? If I drive this many clicks, I get this many conversions. Um, yeah, patience and confidence are exactly the two things that that prevent most people from doing that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I can totally see that. Um, but I also see the value and, and power in what you're doing. And it's interesting because I've, I've contemplated this as well. And I was looking at doing something similar to this uh, leading up to, you know, when I do my big events and stuff uh, in certain markets rather than um, just going straight out, hey, event, 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 you know, literally seeding the market and starting to build yeah. that. Now, I, you know, and, and this is where I'm trying to draw the line between branding and and what you're doing, right? Because branding is getting them to to remember you subconsciously. So would you, you know, so when they go to the store and they have a choice between you and the competitor, they pick you, right? Like that's kind of what branding is. Now, what you're doing there almost feels a little branding-ish per se. Now, would you agree with that or no? Uh, absolutely. And and a lot of it comes from, um, I, I kind of look at the way that, that my brain works uh, and kind of work backwards from there. And, and I will very often, I, I love advocating for, I, I am 
I love advocating for people that I like and companies that I like. And um, I've sold probably $100,000 in Apple computers and phones just because I'm like, you know, I'm raving about how much I love it and that sells other people. Mm-hmm. And what I started to realize was that the people and the companies and the products that stay in my mind are the ones that have an easy anchor, something, something that I can really communicate cleanly. And the example that I use um, more recently is uh, I have a friend that is a broker, kind of like a real estate broker, where he you know, is between the buyer and the seller, except for e-commerce businesses. And I asked him one time and I said, you know, who, who are you looking for? And he said, I am looking for owners of e-commerce businesses that are making uh, $300,000 to $500,000 per year net um, and to see if they're interested in selling. And I was like, shit. Okay, like that—that's easy to spot. I don't come across those that often. But as soon as I, as soon as someone tells me they have an e-commerce store, as soon as they tell me they've been doing it for a few years, I start to, you know, get a feel for. I don't ask directly, but I start to get a feel that their numbers might be in that range. And I said, "Have you ever been interested in selling?" And the, the answer is always no, because no one ever does that. And I'm like, well, you know, if you'd like, I can make an introduction to someone who does that. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And I have that introduction actually pre-programmed in my computer, so I don't even have to type it because I mm-hmm. send it so much. Um, and I make an intro, and if he, you know, it's it's uh, he's like, hey, I'll give you ten percent of my commission if you ever send me anything. And I'm like, well, that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started doing that because he stuck in my head. It was such a great ask that it just really bought that real estate of e-commerce successful founders looking to move on and retire, whatever. Like, think of think of my friend Jock. Mm-hmm. And so kind of reverse engineering that I wanted to, and that's why I went after the Reddit marketing. I wanted to be the Reddit marketing guy. Um, is because I knew that it was something that was definable. It was something that when people hear Reddit and business or marketing or anything like that in the same sentence, they're going to, oh, you have to talk to Brian. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm known for a few things. And from a branding perspective, I kind of have a few brands, um, you know, the Facebook prank guy and the Reddit marketing guy and the really weird dude who does stuff when he's drunk. Um, <laughs> you know, and they, and they all have their audiences and they all have their merits. But um, yeah, no, it's absolutely a branding thing. But but telling someone that you do Facebook advertising does not help you in any way because they don't yeah. understand what that means. It's, it's the equivalent of saying a 20 gig iPod versus 2000 songs in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's way more than that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So now let, let's, let's shift to this, you know, digital empathy. Now this is a term you've, you use a lot. Um, where does digital empathy fit into this whole thing? Let's dig a little deeper there. So digital empathy is kind of, um, hand in hand with ghost influence and it it i think both of them have their they they make sense once you un, once you're explained it which i from a branding perspective always kind of drives me nuts cuz i'm like it makes perfect sense but i have to explain it which means it doesn't make perfect sense <laughs> um, it makes sense to me but i acknowledge that it does not make sense to everybody uh. um, digital empathy is something that uh, i a, a term that i i borrowed from someone else um and it really is this notion that when you get behind a keyboard, it's very easy to forget that you're talking to another person. It's very easy to forget that, you know, when you get an email that you're not expecting from, you know, uh, it could be anyone. It could be a bill collector. It could be an attorney. It could be an ex-girlfriend, whatever. Um, you know, your shoulders tense up. You close off. You don't feel like working anymore. You just need to get out of the room, close your computer. Like, you, you, you physically respond to what you see on the screen. And... You know, that what we do on the web has that power. And 
when you're placing ads, it can make people happy. It can make them sad. It can make them feel enlightened and emboldened. It, it, you have the ability to impact how other people feel when you touch your computer. And I think Reddit is kind of an extreme of that, um, that people often do forget that they're talking to other human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I have a, a whole system of alerts set up across the web for any time I'm mentioned and Reddit is one of the ones that I get mentioned. Um, I think I get like, it's within two minutes, I get a text message. And I always am quick to jump in and just say, hey, like, I'm the guy that you guys are talking about. Like, you know, what, what are you going to chat about? You know, like, oh, you don't know anything about marketing. And you're saying that marketing is the devil. Like, let's have a conversation. I don't need to prove to you that I'm right, or you're wrong. I just like, let's have a conversation. I'm curious to hear your perspective and provide you any, you know, answers, information, like fill any gaps, like, let's have a conversation. And no one ever does that. Um, no companies jump into like destructive conversations very rarely, Mm -hmm. um, to, to really kind of offer that, that element of humanity and empathy is really a a communicated understanding of what someone else is feeling. And, you know, if someone comes, if your spouse comes home and says, you know, I, I, my boss just said I was fired today. Um, if you're the guy in that relationship and you're, you're going to try and, you know, have the biological urge to try and fix things, which doesn't really work out as I found. In relationships. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and of all that, I'm, I've learned a lot in my dating career, but um, that is definitely one. And, uh, and so, you know, if you're all right, you know, I got to fix this. I got to make you feel better by, oh, we can, prop, you know, prep up your resume. I know someone so-and-so has been trying to hire you, whatever. And the reality is, is that that doesn't help, you know, just sitting there and saying, oh, man, that that really sucks. Like, you know, how do you feel right now? Um, And just really kind of opening up to that person and letting them speak. They they need the catharsis of being able to voice what they're experiencing to someone else and having someone be open and nonjudgmental. And as a result, that person builds a stronger relationship with you. And the same thing goes when you're working online. Most people who email, very few people do email me. Um, you know, most people don't email the people that they follow or read, but when someone does email me, I often get the response of, oh my God, I never thought I'd hear back from you. Mm -hmm. And it, it boggles my mind that, you know, these people who are influencers or trainers or whatever, that they don't answer their emails and, and also that people don't reach out to them. So digital empathy is really just the, the understanding that, when you connect with someone in person empathetically, you have a better ability to understand where they are, where they sit, how to communicate with them, and how to help them, mm-hmm. um, whether that be moving them out of the difficult situation, which could be buying a product, um, or just being there for them and building a relationship. And if you have that relationship, they'll buy anything from you. It doesn't matter if it's even relevant. Um, I've had people that I just had a conversation with them, and they're like, I, I have to help you. Like years later, I, a guy. I met in a Starbucks at least four years ago, just made a really awesome, probably very profitable introduction to me. And I'm like, really? Like, I just talked to the dude in Starbucks four years ago, and we were Facebook friends since. Yeah. Um, I, uh, same thing happened with a woman. I, I, uh, she was crying in an airport, and I brought her tea and ended up calling the airline and getting her on a flight because she was stuck in the airport for like seven hours. Um, and I just used my, my nifty negotiating skills to make sure that she was on the next flight. And she was just like, I, I don't even know what to do. And years later, she she ended up like making a really awesome connection. And I'm like, I didn't expect it. I wasn't attached to it. It was just I wanted to be there for that person. Um, so really, it is just understanding that you are talking to people and, and listening to them and connecting with them in a mm-hmm. very emotional, 
empathetic way, but through a digital means. You know, and it, it is, uh, it's fascinating because I think that the internet, uh, as you said, when people are behind a keyboard, they forget they're talking to people and, uh, that there are real people out there that you're affecting with your messages and, and Reddit can be a pretty cruel place as, <laughs> as well. Um, now let's go down the, the, the Reddit rabbit hole for a minute. What, what drew you to Reddit and, and, uh, you know, my question, I guess, Reddit's kind of a a tough one. It's it's not a lot of people have written about marketing on it, and it's almost anti-marketing in many ways, right? It, it uh, is very anti-marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if you go in there with a straight picture of promotion, you're just going to get roasted, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, now, obviously, you're working with companies to, to leverage Reddit. Um, what approach are you taking to, to to leverage that massive community without getting roasted? Uh, well, first question first. Um, I don't even know where or why, but when I was launching my my blog, my personal brand, um, after closing the marketing agency, something popped into my head of, I've heard of server crushing traffic coming from Reddit. I want to try that. Mm-hmm. That was that was it. I really don't know where that original idea came from, but I, at that point in time, had never been on Reddit. Um and so I got on Reddit and I spent about 30 minutes a day just kind of reading and seeing the differences between the communities and how people were engaging and posting comments and seeing if they were well-received or not well-received. Um, I remember one time I, I responded to someone's comment and they got really pissed and I didn't understand why. And about a week later, I figured out that I had there was a, a pun string, like everybody was making a pun in response to the previous pun and I had ruined it because I didn't make a pun. <laughs> and and I was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't know that was a thing. Like you know, and I was yeah. very, very, you know, very aggressively, you know, kind of like language immersion. I was trying to learn what the language was. Yeah. And the great thing about Reddit is that there's there's over nine thousand active communities, and all of the communities are are most often very specific. Um, there's you know kind of cheeky communities like Never Tell Me the Odds, which is just a string of uh, animated gifs where like impossible things happen. Um, and then there's more kind of analytical straight to the point communities like our gadgets, which is a very logical discussion of new things that are coming out, the features that they have. It's, it's, it's less emotion and very much like, you know, what are the tech specs and really understanding the difference, you know, there's a Reddit language and then there's a difference in language between each community. Um, the, the great part about that is that if you take the time to learn it, you effectively are being told exactly who these people are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you can jump in and say, like, I, I understand you, I get you, like, I can have a drink with you. And we can, you know, bro out about tech, because I love that. Um, however, most of you are going to be much smarter than me, because I'm not a tech specs guy anymore. You know, I'm more of a how this integrates into the whole picture of all the devices I have kind of guy, because that's just who I've turned into in my nerdiness. Um, but really just acknowledging that and acknowledging who they are and where you are in that picture. Um, they effectively are, are telling you exactly who they are, personality, interests, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, once you know that, it's a matter of crafting something that you think that they would want. Now, that can be difficult for a lot of companies because a lot of company, a lot of companies come to me and they say like, we want to, we want to go viral on Reddit, and then they show me what they have, and it's like an iteration of somebody else's product at a cheaper price point because they've manufactured in China and mm-hmm. they just want to make money. And I'm like not not gonna work like you don't have any personality to the brand like you're just doing this for profit like i'm sure you're gonna be great because it's a great business it's very logical not for reddit yeah um versus other people have these really crazy stories and just like how they 
they came to be. Um, someone explained themselves. They said their new their new venture was the uh, the New Yorker for the Vice generation, and I'm like, shit, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they had articles about. Um, uh, basically kind of scientific studies saying that the way that we need to uh, con- um, save the planet is by getting everybody to do psychedelic drugs because then you feel more connected to the earth and you are statistically more likely to take care of the earth if you've done drugs. And I'm like, that's objectively really interesting. <laughs> and, and there's, you know, a ton of, of neuroscience communities and psychedelic communities and all these people who are like, that's a really great article. I love that. And I was like, okay, so let's figure out how to package that story and put it in a place where it's not pushy, it's not invasive, it is in the voice of the community, and let them judge, let them let them decide, let them tell us, is that a good piece of journalism? Mm-hmm. Is that interesting to them? And if it is, we create more like it. If it's not, we change. Um, and just really being a servant to the communities mm-hmm. um, is, I, and I can't stress enough, the, the crucial element is to take the time to understand, be a servant to them, and provide value. Uh, the way that you were successful on Reddit is not by stepping on a pedestal and saying, ladies and gentlemen, I have this new solution, um, but rather saying, you know, hey, let, you know, it, let me help. I brought something to the party. Um, Burning Man, actually, I went for the first time. Very much that. Uh, everybody in our camp just like, I, I really hated taking showers over here last year, so I built a shower booth for our camp. And everybody's like, that's awesome. I hated that too. Thank you so much for bringing that. And you know, someone else is like, well, I don't know how to build stuff, but I brought cookies. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's very much provide, provide, provide with no you know, reasonable expectation of what should come back to you. Okay, so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come at it from the business standpoint, right? So you're pitching to me. Let's, let's say you know, I'm, I'm, I come to you and I, I want to do this Reddit thing and I say I've got this idea and you're saying, hey, we're going to create this awesome thing and have no expectations, right? So my immediate response is, what are you talking about? Of course I have expectations, <laughs> right? I'm a business. I need to make money, right? Now, I, so... I get where you're going with this, but the question I'll always have is, okay, so we create this incredible piece of content or journalism or something, right? We push it out into the community, uh, into the the subreddit that works for our specific, uh, whatever our product or our brand is. And, uh, you know, maybe it gets passed around or, you know, it's, it's well received. How do we monetize that off of Reddit? There's... There's, and this is where it gets a little complicated to talk about in a conversational forum because it really, and, and this is the thing that people struggle with, it relies on what you're doing. If it, it relies on, is it a personal brand or is it a product? Is it an established company or yeah. is it just launching? Is What is the personality of the founder? Is there a story behind it that's interesting and worth telling? Like, And, and that's, I kind of go into MacGyver mode and I start looking at like, you know, where are the assets? Like, okay, so, you know, you got drunk and came up with this idea and then a year later it became a real thing and now you're partnered with Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg and that happened because you got drunk with that guy and this is a really funny and colorful story. Let's just tell that. Right. Um, that's a true story, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's soon to launch a true story. Uh, and, you know, you can have other people be like, you know, my dad passed this business down to me. I'm trying to revamp it. Like, which is like, okay, you know, people aren't going to be too interested in that. Yeah. Um, so really looking at the assets and, and one of the ways that you can do that is kind of looking back to all the conversations you've had with strangers in bars or coffee shops or whatever where they say, what do you do for work? And you tell them, and then they go, you know, they ask a question. Like, what questions do people ask? Like, you know, if you look at dirty jobs, uh, Mike Rose, he's kind of always asking the questions that everybody else wanted to ask, but never had the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing goes with any AMA on Reddit, which is ask me anything. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, look at where people are curious. That's uh, often where I tell people to kind of shine a light and look at that. Um, ask people where they're curious. Um, but from a business perspective and an investment perspective, the thing that I always point out is that my Facebook prank took me a dollar seventy and fifteen hours of my time mm-hmm. to build up the blog, write the article, and so on and so forth. Um, I built out a um, uh, let's see, what was that one? Uh, I built out an e-commerce site, which was an affiliate site that it was called the gift shop is called the gift shop still live. Um, and the entire site is populated only by animated gifts. There's no still images. There's no videos. It's just animated gifts. And the whole thing is satirical. Um, however, it drives traffic to Amazon. I make referral commissions. Mm. Uh, and, and it was, it's, I kind of entered, uh, uh, content through commerce was like this idea that I came up with. And I was also just trying to justify an obsession with animated gifts. Um, <laughs> but, but it, it actually was, I, that was the one where you mentioned uh, 156,000 page views day one. It was within 24 hours, $0 in marketing, um, and a conversion rate of 2.8%, which is ridiculous. And yeah. I, I did the testing and, and I had very smart investors who have done stuff in e-commerce. They're like, that's never going to work. Your average page load is 3.5 megs. That's idiotic. And I'm like, I know, but I tested it and it kind of works. So yeah. I mean, I'm $500 out right now, which I had to pay a developer to do something I didn't know how to do. And so for a $500 experiment, like why not? You know, like, like I would spend $500 on Facebook ads in a week. Why not? Yeah. And and I think that a lot of people have this notion that they, they oh we can't do that because we can't waste money and hope that we'll get a return. The amount of money you spent doing these experiments, and experiments is the correct word to use, is so minimal by comparison. And, and I think the most I've ever spent on one of these is like twelve hundred dollars and and saw a return still. Yeah. Um so so it, it isn't a notion of like quit everything that you're doing stop marketing and start making these like crazy viral things, but take a chunk out of your budget that you're already spending and experiment. And when you, when you call something an experiment, you either succeed and make money or move your business forward Mm -hmm. or you learn something and you're smarter next time. There is no failure. It's a win or a win. You either succeed or you learn. Both are good. Um, and really just taking the time to say, yeah, I think we can spare five hours this week and $500 to, dick around and do that thing that we were joking about at the lunch table why not mm-hmm. um, and really just expressing the personality of the business the story behind it and doing it authentically not because we want to go viral but because we like viral content and we like consuming this stuff and we want to create something that we would share and really just going at it from that approach is like what what can you create that you yourself would be super excited to share even if it wasn't yours right and and you know i have a list of ideas and some of them i like will laugh until I cry as I explain them to people because I'm watching their reactions and I think it's so funny and others where I'm like well that was kind of mildly entertaining like three months ago but you know like I'm not I'm not going to focus on that because yeah it could be a great business but it's just not it's not it's not really funny it's not it's, it doesn't connect that well I have to explain it a little bit it's not packaged enough I don't have the mm-hmm. right part you know like and being I, I have you know a hundred ideas that are very well documented and waiting for their catalyst or waiting to be thrown out and I'm emotionally unattached to all of them. Right, right. Some now, of them. now, would you say most of your ideas are going to tap into, uh, when you're pushing the stories out there, um, humor is obviously a big one because I think, you know, your initial, I mean, your initial Facebook story and prank your roommate was definitely a humor-driven one. Um, when you're looking at creating these uh, viral mechanisms, if you will, that, that are going to get 
accepted on Reddit uh, and generate that influence. Is there a, is there a formula where you're, is it more humor? Is, is it, I mean, people don't like sad per se, um, like cute. I mean, where, where's the, where's the formula? What, like, where do you focus your, uh, your efforts mostly? I, I think there was, and I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about the apps on your home screen. And uh, he basically said that there are three different types of apps on your home screen. And I believe the answers were this, is that it was escape, um, engagement, and I believe education was the third. And escape is going to be anything entertainment, gaming, like I just, you know, I'm wasting time in the queue at Starbucks and mm. I just, I want to not mentally be in the queue at Starbucks. Uh, line at Starbucks. Sorry, I'm not from the UK. Just pick stuff up from other people. Um, and, you know, it, it, most people will kind of hit one of those. I try and hit two or maybe three. So when I was writing the Facebook prank, the notion was that I wanted this to be entertaining to 99% of people and I wanted it to be educational to the 1%. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't trying to only hit the 1% Facebook marketers who, you know, saw me do this prank. I was telling the story as if it was a very detailed account that would make sense to anyone technical. Like I had, I I told that story by, by the time I wrote that I had told it a hundred times and I'm not exaggerating, like literally a hundred. Um, and I told it to, you know, the speakers at a marketing conference and I told it to my mom and the version to my mom was a minute long of, Hey, you remember my roommate? yeah, well, I made ads that appeared on Facebook only for him. And they were like super specific and they freaked him out. And he was like really freaked out. And she's like, oh, that's kind of funny. Versus, <laughs> you know, to, you know, someone who's like experienced in marketing, I had told that story before in person before I wrote it. And it probably was an hour long mm-hmm. because I was going into the details and I was, you know, visual, like acting out how he responded when he like jerked his shoulders back and it was like, oh, I'm really jumpy. Um, and you know, being able to create something that is appealing to the people who are not going to take action. When, when someone is sharing something, if you, um, if you look at dollar beard club, dollar shave club, those, those launch videos, Mm -hmm. if you look at squatty potty, if you look at, um, uh, save the bros by organic Valley, these are all straight up ads. Mm -hmm. They are, they are selling a product, but People shared them even if they didn't have a beard and weren't going to buy Dollar Beard Club's oil. They shared them if they were female and didn't need to buy razors to shave their face. Mm-hmm. They, you know, even if they didn't have constipation and want a stool for better, you know, stool for better stool, they still shared it because they were entertained by it. It was interesting. It was unique. The the Save the Bros campaign went straight at it and they said, share this with a bro that you know. And every single person was like, this is hysterical. I know that guy. I'm going to share it with that guy. Mm-hmm. And so you provided non-customers, people who you would never expect to buy, you provided them value by giving them an experience they could share with their friend who happened to be the prospective customer. And so really creating something that provides value to those who are not going to purchase and and kind of wrapping it in that shell of entertainment, education, whatever it may be, um, so that it gets carried by other people. You design something to be carried. And, and I think, you know, just for the listeners, what you just said there is really, I think, the, the underlying formula to making this work is, is creating something that even the non-targeted or non-ideal client is going to share. Uh, because if you don't, like you said with your Facebook, if you only targeted the 1% that actually cared about that, probably would have never taken off. It was just written for them. 
Right. Uh, and so, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was that's a really powerful underlying message. What you just said there is 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 creating something that even if they're not your client, they're going to want to share it. And you know, to the point of the you know the Dollar Shave Club or the Dollar Beer Club is is actually sh- you know getting people to share it with people or the story I think was the bro one you said getting it to share it with people they know that are like that and, and the the other example that I the, the share that I always do them in tandem is the Instagram husband video which wasn't selling a product it was actually promoting a um a comedian but but both the save the bros video and the Instagram husband video which both of which you can google um they quantified a human emotion that people didn't know they had so the Instagram husband one was hilarious because Everyone who saw that was like, oh, my God, I'm an Instagram husband. Like they didn't they thought it was just like, oh, man, my girlfriend keeps asking me to take her Instagram photos or my wife keeps asking me to take her Instagram photos. And they just thought it was something that was their experience. But that video made them realize, oh, my God, there's so many other people like me who also have this experience. I didn't realize that about myself. I have to share it. Yeah. And and quanti- now that's a rare one is quantifying a human emotion and like really packaging something that people didn't realize was, you know, air quotes, a thing. Um, but you know, smart humor, uh, planning things out. I, there is, and, and keep in mind that, that viral in this, the sense of this conversation, 99.99% of it is research strategy, preparation, preparation, testing, and testing can be taking a story that you intend to share and telling it to someone in a bar. I always use bars cause it's just an endless flow of random strangers. Um, <laughs> but like, like I'll, I'll go out and be like, I have a story. I, I, I actually went out one night. I was like, I have an idea for a thing. I don't know what I want to call it. And I went out with a friend for a drink. We went across town. Two cute girls sitting next to us start talking. I go, you know what? I came out with one objective tonight. I want to get your feedback on something. Just two random people. Um, and started telling them the, the idea. And it was about, uh, I wanted to like kind of do a dating site project where um, guys came up with these really romantic dates and wrote them as stories. And then women applied to go on them. And instead of, cause like I always go way overboard on first dates and it kind of scares people off sometimes because I'm <laughs> romantic at heart. So I was like, what if I just like aim it out into the, into the beyond and I just come up with this stupidly like, you know, fairy tale first date and I don't tell one person like, we're going to do this together. I'm just like, I want to do this with someone who who's with me. And then once someone, once I accept someone to go on that date with me, I'm never allowed to do that again. I have to come up with a new one. It's it, you only get to use it once. And I was like, how do I package that? And I went out and this girl goes, uh, you should like literally her first response is you should call it meet cute. And I'm like, that's kind of dumb. And she's like, no, no, no. I, I didn't say that. But I was like, you know, I kind of like jumped out and look on my face. And, and she's like a meet cute. And I'm like, is that a thing? And she's like, yeah, a meet cute is the film term for the moment in time when two future romantic interests meet. And I'm like, holy oh, shit. There it is. That is so perfect. And bought the domain on the spot, um, two drinks in. So, you know, <laughs> um, and, and I never talked to the girl again. She like, she gave me her Instagram and I, I was like, seriously, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. That was awesome. And turns out, I think she works in film. Yay, LA. Um, but yeah, I mean, like go out and test, test things as stories. They don't have to be a package sales page. It could just be, Hey, I've got an idea. I'd love to hear what you think about this. And, and, you know, open up objectively to the feedback and, watch how they respond, where are they furrowing their eyebrows because they're confused, where are they pulling back because they object to it, where are they leaning in because they're interested, mm-hmm. uh, and really just learning to read people's responses and, 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 and create something and mold it for your audience. Awesome. Now, I, here's the challenge. I could keep talking about this all day because it's fascinating, um, but we're running out of time. 
<laughs> so, so uh, you know, what I want to do before we wrap up is is give people the opportunity to connect with you. And uh, I mean, you mentioned you have a podcast. Uh, how before we wrap up, how do people continue this conversation with you? Where do they find more about you? Uh, I am on ghostinfluence.com, uh, at ghostinfluence on pretty much everything, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all that jazz. Um, but the thing that I, and I, 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 Ghost Influence is at its core a Slack community, um, which is essentially designed as kind of like a, a answers for the questions in between the courses. Because I always got very frustrated by like, well, I see this course on Facebook ads and I see this course on branding, but they don't fit together because one is square and one is circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really just kind of that snack size consulting community. Um, I just recently did a, a seven day trial thing. Um, so I would love for people to jump in and bombard me with questions in that seven days. Um, that would make me super happy. But other than that, Twitter, uh, and, and anywhere else, uh, if you say my name, I just, I just magically come. Nice. <laughs> nice. I'll test that sometimes, out. <laughs> sometimes a day later, but like, you know, I'll be there. <laughs> it's like Batman. Um, I'm like, I'm like the, uh, the, I'm like the, with the state farm people. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like a good marketer, Brian Smith uh, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's good. That's good. And and like you said, so you have a seven day, it's a free trial to join the community. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, I, I would highly suggest uh, everybody, you know, take him up on that and uh, pepper him with questions. Um, because like, I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface. And uh, this is a whole different segment, a whole different side of the world of marketing that, you know, I, I think it's, you know, baffling for most companies, for most people. It's so far out of the realm of what the traditional marketing is, whether it's direct response, whether it's branding, whatever it is, right? And, uh, you know, I've, I've met lots of people that say, yeah, I'm, I've, you know, I've had success virally, uh, but they're kind of one hit wonders, right? And if you really dig in, they're not really able to explain how they did it or how to replicate it, and nor have they ever been able to replicate it. So I'm always fascinated when I get to talk to someone like you that not only has done it, but has replicated it numerous different times. So, you know, huge kudos to you, because that's the biggest indicator to me that I'm talking to somebody that actually knows how to execute on this. And it wasn't just the the one hit wonder that so many viral, (laughs) so many viral things have been over the past, you know, decade. I, it, it, it's a fun kind of iterative process. And I, I would stress to so many people that, um, anyone who's listening and kind of thinking like, Oh my God, that's so far off or untent. I can't connect with that. Um, it, it's actually the, the simplest way to look at it. Cause it is a very big mental process. I still, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to work, but we'll try it. Um, think of it as an experiment, set aside some time and say, okay, you know, we're spending 10 hours a week on marketing, we're going to spend nine hours a week doing what we're normally doing. And we're going to spend one hour experimenting and ask Mm -hmm. that question of, if everything that we knew was wrong, what would we try to do? What what couldn't possibly work? What, what is the weirdest way we've ever connected with a customer? How can we do that in a weirder way? Mm -hmm. Um, I last night, I, uh, for those that follow my blog, I do aerial gymnastics for fun. Um, and usually those two worlds are very different. The aerial gymnastics group, which I go down there, I work out with people who are like Instagram models and like circus performers. And most of them just know me as like Brian, they don't know anything about me. Um, and yesterday I was, I was down there, there's like a big gathering every Sunday and, uh, a friend called me over someone who I camped with at Burning Man, like very different worlds. 
And as I walked over, the girl that he was with was like, you look familiar. Are you that Facebook guy? And I'm like, what? And, and I like, didn't know if like he, you know, had like looked on my Facebook page and like had told her something. And she's like, well, I, I went to um, a course called Content Marketing Summit. And I'm like, no shit. So I had, I had video interviewed for this course and that material had been presented at this thing. I've never attended. Like they, they took the material from a bunch of different people. And this girl recognized me from my face being on the screen for 40 minutes. Wow. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of like being the guy that nobody knows. Um, but you know, just it's experiment. And really like that was for me, that was such a weird encounter because I didn't expect it. And looking at that and saying, okay, wait, so like one of the guys that used to be in my community called me and asked for 40 minutes of my time so that he could sell my expertise in a package with a bunch of other people in a course. And I got, you know, nothing out of it. It wasn't a paid thing, but like, I thought it was super cool. I didn't know what would come from that. And then that came from that. So that's kind of weird to me. So how can I amplify that? How can I do it again? Mm -hmm. Can I offer my, you know, offer my time to other people who are doing courses and say, would you like to package this in and do that more? And so, yeah, so just take some time, ask yourself really weird questions of like what won't work and see what comes from it. And don't be afraid to uh, wander down a rabbit hole or two. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much today for uh, for sharing your, your wisdom in this and uh, experience. And like I said, awesome conversation. I could have talked to you all day. Um, unfortunately, you know. <laughs> we're on a time limit. So, but again, thank you so much for taking part today and sharing all your knowledge unconditionally with our listeners here. Thank, thank you so much for the amazing questions, the the invitation, and uh, and the energy. I love the. It's so much easier to get into a story when when you're you know you're getting excited. Yeah, totally. I'm a, I'm a very empathetic person. <laughs> right, and, and, and you're 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 a great storyteller, and uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back here again because I think there's a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, everyone. That was Brian Switchcow. And as always, uh, any of the links we mentioned here will be included in the show notes along with the entire transcript of this episode. And you'll find them all at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And uh, don't forget, if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe and just have all these automatically delivered to you. Uh, head over to iTunes or SoundCloud. While you're there, leave me a rating, leave me a review. Guys, I don't have ads in this uh, in this podcast. Uh, for me, it's about giving the community value and uh, and building connections with awesome people like, like Brian here today. And uh, your ratings, your reviews, I mean, that's the fuel that gives me the momentum, the motivation to continue to make this the best info pack podcast for digital entrepreneurs. And now it's time to take the uh, tools, the strategies that you've learned here today and apply that final essential ingredient. And that ingredient is action. So go for it. Take action. You know, like Brian said, you know, take an hour a week. If you're spending 10 hours a week, take an hour and say, okay, this is my experimenting time and start applying it. You know, go, if you've never been on Reddit, go to Reddit, set up a Reddit account, start learning from the communities that you need to connect with, start understanding who they are and uh, the ideas will start to flow. So go forth, take action, apply what you've learned and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. Thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast with Derek Gale. For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, go to entrepreneurignited.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.